Korea. That's that's the problem with art school. They teach you and show you how to make good work, but they don't teach you how to write an artist statement. I didn't feel like I could push it so far off, and they were like, "No, you do that. If you if you want to do it, you do it." You are listening to Digital Perspective Podcast. Hello, everybody. My name is Julio Barroa. I am a 3D digital artist, photographer, and beat maker. Hi, my name is Eduardo, and I'm also a 3D digital artist and I code. Welcome to Digital Perspective Podcast. This is where we talk about everything that deals with the digital artist. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about BFA, aka Bachelors of Fine Arts. Let's talk about BFA. So, for people who are going to go to college and are going to pursue art, there's a thing. You can get a, a Bachelor's of Arts. You also can get a Bachelor's of Fine Arts. Now, most people that are going to go to college, university, art school, they've heard this. You know, you, you've heard this. You know what it is. But just to give you a little more in-depth, especially from the student side, because it's like people will tell you it's just, a, you know, it's a higher degree, you know, it's more prestigious. Which is, yes, it's all that good stuff. It helps you if you're going to get your master's. But really, what is it for you, the student? So for me, when I chose the BFA, my professor approached me about it and let me know that I was a good candidate to apply for the BFA. So I did. I really wasn't thinking about it too hard because for me, it's like I'm a double major. So I have a computer science degree and this. And I was really thinking more in terms of how I'm going to put this stuff together I'm going to make it work for me, what my interests are in both these fields. You know, I knew about what a BFA, that's a higher degree and stuff. So for me, I was definitely more from the perspective of, well, yeah, yeah, I know it's a, it's a Bachelor of Fine Arts, it's more prestigious and all this stuff. But the nuances where he was explaining to me that you get, it's more attention, more critique, it's more work, uh, but... It's more studio, studio time. Yeah, but it is more studio time too. But it's really like you get a chance to like just open up and like really experiment with stuff. And like at that point, I was experimenting in all my foundation classes with ideas and things that they just want to do, but I never really focused it in one direction. So a little bit more background on what a Bachelor's of Fine Arts is. A Bachelor's of Fine Arts, BFA, is the standard undergraduate degree for students in the United States and Canada completing a professional education via the visual fine or performing arts. We most frequently see BFAs happening in visual and fine arts. Those are ceramics, digital media, graphic design, metals, smithing, and jewelry, painting, photography, printmaking, and sculpture. But those are the ones that we have at art school and may not necessarily look the same for other schools. If you go to art school, that is your default degree. If you're going to a liberal arts college, you're going to start as a Bachelor's of Arts student, and then you can apply to the Bachelor's of Fine Arts program if there is an application process. Right. And that's and that's pretty standard across the board. We both started as, as BA, Bachelor's of Arts students, and then we had to apply for our BFA. So also a little bit of background on how I became a Bachelor's of Fine Arts student. I happened to also be approached by my digital media professor because he really saw a potential and he really thought that I could benefit from this. So I got really excited that like this is this like super prestigious thing that I, I actually had been contemplating at the time. So the first semester that I wanted to apply, I couldn't actually apply because I was only a level one in my concentration. It, it was recommended that I was a level two, at least. So I had to take two classes in my concentration to 
have already some sort of uh, I don't know expectancy expectations. Well, I think it's more it's it's more so for like for you to have something to submit other than foundation work. That's very true. You know, because the way it works too is like when you when you. I'm pretty sure, and you know, just look into it when you go to your own college, university, or school, however they do it. But pretty standard, and I've heard it in most places is the same, where you'll submit your body of work up to that point. So anything you've done in your foundation courses, plus your concentration, you'll put that all together. So for us, we we were already two classes in to our concentration. So we had, for us, I had digital medias one and two. So we had work from those two classes on top of our foundation classes. I actually had, I had an extracurricular class, my illustration class. So I put that in there too. And it was like, just putting stuff in there. So they had standards, you know, 20 pieces, you all photograph. Uh, if you have a video, like I had a video too. So like it was the video and then the photographs to explain the staging of how this piece came together and you'll submit it to, to the board and, and they'll contact you back and whether you accept it or not. That's how it went for me. I'm pretty sure that's how it went for you. Yeah, it definitely. I was also encouraged by a graphic design professor of ours that I just very casually come across my work while I was either printing or I was doing something in the digital media lab and he had come in and he stood next to me and he's like, this is your work? It's really good. Have you considered BFA? And I was just like, yeah, I actually just submitted the application or I had told him that I was thinking of submitting. He's like, you definitely should do it. He's a big fan of uh, digital media work. So um, of course he was like, yeah, do it, do it. I feel like sometimes when they like, they just kind of like other, like especially other presents for this business, they just haphazardly happen to stumble by your stuff and they look and they're like, oh, I like that. And then they just kind of like dart off. They're like, yeah, you should. And then they just, they just dart off. And I'm like, you can't, you can't do that. Yep, they do, they they don't tell you anything else. It's it's funny. So like once we received our uh, our acceptance, so after that, technically we just had to make work for our first review. Our first review is probably the most scary one of them all because it's our first one. It's something that we're going to be experiencing for the very first time. The committee of professors may not may not be so nice to us. Right. So, but but an add on, right? So I was nervous like because i was jumping into something that i had i knew about like i went to see other like i went to your was it your second review it was my second review yes yes. during your second review though that was my first so that was my first review but i went and i saw your stuff and everybody else's stuff and i sat in on people's reviews and some of them were great some of them like you could see the engagement and stuff and then others that didn't go so well and you could feel that heat and I was like, man, this is crazy. I'm like, I have no idea. Like, I knew what I got myself into, but at the same time, it was like, are you ready for this? The art club actually had a thing that you can go and and other, you know, higher level BFA people were probably in the third review, actually, now that I think about it. They were talking about their experiences. Yeah. So they were talking about their experiences and all of them were always telling me the same thing. Like, yo, don't worry. Just, just do what you have to do. Present your work be in control of your narrative, X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. And it holds true. Like even professors tell you that stuff after the fact. That is very true. Technically, you unlock all of the secrets after your first review. That's technically how it goes. I That's how it went for me. Like after my first review, I have to say that my first review was probably, it was really bad. That's what I'm going to say. I passed. Uh, I got a 
very long list of recommendations and tips of, that I should do next time and things that I shouldn't do next time. Professors, it, one professor that actually that I remember that uh, was the one who gave the most suggestions. She is an art history professor. And I, I took her suggestions and I applied them to my next review. And my second review, the one that you went to, that was my best review. I had music. It was literally a party. I had a room all for myself. I had loud Lady Gaga's art pop playing in the background because the work was really inspired by that album. Because the work I was originally making, I was not happy with it. Then I was just like, I'm going to destroy this thing. So my perspective of destroying the work was just literally adding a ton colors and saturation and crazy textures and metallic surfaces to my work. Masterpiece, technically. Yeah, I mean, like, that's, and that's what it is. It's like, it's, it's weird, you know, that, like, an artist of any kind, like, you, you'll hear in art history and you'll hear in music and whatever, and in poetry, whatever. Like, a lot of great people do their best work when they're miserable. Yes, that is absolutely true. I can tell you from my own experience. <laughs> <laughs> so, my first review, like, I took everybody's, you know, like, all the people before me, like, they were telling me, like, just, you know, go in there, do what you got to do, defend your work, talk through your process, and all that stuff. And I did all that. And one of the professors, like, really was just trying to figure out what was going on. Another one was playing the bad guy. Like, I knew that one was playing the bad guy. But... There's always the one. You know, there's... Um, because... Because to be honest, like when you get your when you when you're going up there for when they're going up for a review, they're not there to the bush of chops. They're really not. They're there to like let you know like this happens in the real world. Like you're in a controlled environment when you're in university. You're in a very controlled environment. These are your professors, these are people, you know, but they need to give you the taste of what would happen outside if somebody doesn't like your stuff or your stuff isn't strong enough or they like what you're doing or they're, they're just, they're, they're fans of it. You know, it's like, you'll get it. You'll get all these different tastes and stuff, but there's very much like, what are you thinking? What is your process? What, how did you come to this decision? You know, and um, they're reading your artist statement and they're trying to gauge if these things match. And that's another thing too, is like your artist statement is very important. And in your first review, you probably didn't spend any time on it, any real time on it. So if you can, please spend some time on it. It's important. It is so important. I learned that after my first review that a good artist statement can equals to a really good review. My first review, my statement was literally a run-on sentence made into five paragraphs into one page. That's not good. No, mine, That's mine not good. Mine's was, mine was very, very... I mean, but you know me. I, I'm, I'm grammar yeah. type. Yes. <laughs> so, like, my stuff is grammar type. <laughs> but but it wasn't, it, wasn't as co- it wasn't as cohesive as I had wanted it really to be. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> the problem with art school. They teach you and show you how to make good work, but they don't teach you how to write an artist statement. Yeah. Till the that's end. Okay. Till the, till the end. Till the end. And maybe there's a professor that's willing to teach you. Maybe. Let me, let me tell you my, so my actual 
first review, I was very confused by the time it was over because I felt like, okay, I did stuff, but I'm not too sure. So I actually went back and spoke to two of them. And I was like, I just, you know, just, I, I need because I need the clarification. Like, you know, I felt like, okay, I did good with one, not so good with the other one. The other one was just like in their own world. <laughs> and, but I found out that like I did well. And it was just that what I was doing, I should have just taken it further. And like, I should have just pushed the envelope a lot further than I did. But I didn't know, you know, like I didn't feel, I didn't know like I could do, like I didn't feel like I could push it so far off. And they were like, no, you do that. If you, if you want to do it, you do it. That's a really good example. If you want to go after your committee, after your review, do it. If you need clarity or just like a one-on-one really quickly, that's something that you should absolutely do. I never did that. So I'm glad that you made that example. Another example that I want to make is be creative with your artist statements. That could mean anything. Make it into a poem. Make it into a manifesto. That's been my thing lately. I have a regular formal artist statement. And then I made that formal regular artist statement into a manifesto. Be creative with your artist statement. It can go a really long way. But being creative, don't let that drive you away from also being clear and direct. Gotta balance those. Um, because again, having a good artist statement can be the perfect pathway to having a really good review. I learned that my second review. So how does BFA benefit us? The benefit for a person who's doing a BFA, if you're thinking long-term, if you're thinking, I'm going to go get my master's in fine arts as well. I'm going to get my MFA, right? This is a, because you've chosen to take up what would be considered a harder path earlier, it makes it easier because you've produced more work than you would as a BA student. You've been critiqued. So you know the things that you would need to improve on, things that you were weak at that you might might or might not need in your stuff and the direction it helps with guiding your direction especially if you feel like you're you're doing work for the sake of doing work as opposed to this is an overall body of work these reviews all go together you know in in this direction not saying that you know if you have you have a BA you can't get into grad school because you absolutely can a lot of people have done it. It's just it's just picking your path at that point. It's for me, I, I at the end of the day I chose to do it because I felt that I needed to have a body of work more than what I already had. And I needed to really just hone in on what I was doing. In my case, I've always wanted to be an artist. Always. So the minute someone was like, You want to do BFA? I asked, What does that mean? What does that entail for me? You get more studio time. You get more this, you get more that. And that immediately to me was just like, yep, I'm down. Uh, but then they were like, you have to do three reviews a semester. That could definitely look different for other virtualists of fine arts programs, other schools or art colleges. But for us, that is that we have three semester reviews. The minute that was mentioned to me, 
presentation wise things. I was just like, oh, I don't think I can do this, but I still signed up for the challenge. I love a good challenge, especially if it is for art, because I love this stuff. So that's technically my story on why I joined BFA. No, and and it is true. And going through it during COVID, obviously for some for some people, um, you missed a review or we spoke about this like in one of the early episodes, but people, you got to get creative. You got to get together with other people and post your work online in a certain way so that you can be seen, so that your work can be seen. A lot of people had to scrap. Like I had to scrap my idea for my second review because there was a lot of physical contact with my piece for the second review. And so you would have people going into the space, one behind the other. And that's not good. You know, it's COVID. It's not good. So, and that happens to a lot of people. My last review was supposed to be last semester, but that didn't happen, obviously. Uh, I also had a lot of physical stuff planned, even though my work is digital. One of the benefits of having digital work is that you can do an installation of some sort, and that automatically makes it physical. I had a lot of faces. I was planning on using a giant room, pretty much our classroom, uh, in every single computer that we had, and I was going to put work in every single computer Stage two of my review was online based. So that I did, but I did that just for me because I love the work that I was doing. So I was just like, I'm not going to just send this work to the graveyard because I didn't have BFA. I'm going to still showcase it. So I, if you know me on Instagram, you probably have already seen this. If you don't know uh, my Instagram links will be in the description. Uh, you will probably have to do a lot of scrolling but that's okay. And hopefully whenever you go in, the grid is straightened up. (laughs) If not, it's okay. You can always go to my Behance. But that's the beauty of having multiple things or planning multiple things. Be an overachiever. It's okay being an overachiever. Plan your overachievements ahead of time because having multiple plans for things like this can go a really long way because sometimes your plan A has to be completely scrapped. So you have to move down to plan B. Plan B, some parts of plan B, you're going to have to also scrap them. So you're going to have to bring in some parts of plan C. So see what I mean? (laughs) Oh, the puns, the puns. Now, but that also leads into that, like our last thing, our last part of the segment, which is what not to do. Now, Julio just outlined the fact that you have to plan ahead. Planning ahead is important. Because if you're going to overachieve, you need to give yourself the time to overachieve because you'll have setbacks and you'll have, and art students in general are notorious, notorious for burning the midnight candle. We are. We, every single, doesn't matter if you're a painter, doesn't doesn't matter what, doesn't matter if you're in foundations and haven't even chosen your culture, notorious for doing this. And and it, it, it doesn't matter what school, what university, what nothing, nothing. We're, we're all notorious for this. The ones that like save themselves some headache are the ones that like listen to the rest of us and go, you know, just give yourself time, give yourself time to do yourself because you're gonna find out whether you can do it or if you have to go simpler, which might be better for you. Because a lot of times complicated might not, it's probably not great. Simpler might be better. It might be more direct. You give yourself a chance to really plan stuff out. And if you need to strip stuff down, which you will to its essence, you know, you, you're going to do it. Yeah. Another thing to do is 
Actually, scratch that. One thing not to do is wait to the last minute to talk to your professors about your review. I am guilty of this. For my first review, I waited to two weeks before the review to <laughs> approach my professor about what I was doing, which oh, yeah, I did def- not know. Definitely. He was really upset with me. Don't do that to your professors. Don't do that to yourself. So if you are signing up for this program, make sure that you know when your presentation is. If you apply for the semester that you're in, usually you don't apply for the semester that you're in unless you are asked to present that semester that you applied. Usually you apply one semester and then you're then your program semester, your program starts the following semester. Once you know that you are on your BFA semester, make sure that you know when your presentation is so you can start planning ahead. So with this comes one thing to do in this case too is find inspiration everywhere, especially within your field. But don't neglect other fields. I find I find inspiration for my installations or presentation styles everywhere. Yeah, and literally, you can find it anywhere. Like, my stuff, I deal with a lot of science-based stuff. So, I have a lot of what I look at is not only just art references, but a lot of uh, medical stuff like that. Because a lot of stuff I deal with is with neurons, brains, you know, the questions of the mind. Yeah. I look at a lot of contemporary work. Um, So another thing not to do, we talked about this earlier, don't wait till the last minute to do your artist statement. Please don't. Don't. Don't do it to yourself. Because if you can write it out, if you can write out what you want to do, you'll quickly find out whether it's a good idea for you or not. And... I'm going to give you this tip that our professor gave us about artist statements. And that is, if you don't want to write it down, dictate it. Oh, yeah. Even if it's something that you absolutely don't know about, just rent to your computer. And then after that, read that rent to yourself and make that into one artist statement. Exactly. So, like, if you use Word, Word has a dictation. You can just talk and it will type. You know, it might not be perfect. Like you'll have to go back in there and probably do some editing. But sometimes, actually, for a lot of people, they can think and talk faster than they can type. So it'd be a lot more helpful for you if you can just get it out there and um, just see if it sounds good to you. Correct. So that is our do and not to do for BFA. Oh, wait, wait. I got one more. I got one more. And this is really important. This is really important. Don't take it personal. That should be your don't, 100% thought in your head. Don't take it personal. But sometimes professor take it to a personal note. But still don't take it personal. Yeah, just don't take it personal. You're not, they're not your enemy. They may look like your enemy at that point, but they're not your enemy. Again, remember your BFA is a twofold thing. You get to concentrate on your work. You get a lot of time, you get a lot of studio time, but they're also going to give you what would be a real-world critique. Somebody's got to give it to you. One of them's going to give it to you, or two of them. Don't take it personal. You know, Don't feel like it's the end of the world for you. Don't feel like it's just 
you might have to go back to the drawing board. And and that's happened. I've heard stories from from other people that, you know, they had to like completely had to scrap everything they did and they came back strong for the second and third reviews. So don't don't take it personal if the, your first idea gets shot, torn up, whatever. Absolutely. So today we are doing something a little different with our quote of the day. We're instead going to try and give you an advice. So if you had to give an advice to your younger self going into your first BFA review, what would you tell them? Don't be nervous and just explain. If they're quiet, explain. Sometimes you do stuff and it sounds great to you, but some people might need some coaxing. And if that happens, you know, don't be afraid if if you think that you did bad or anything like that. Just you control the narrative. That's something I would tell myself is you control the narrative. Just go in there with all the confidence in the world, regardless of what happens. And that does it for season one. This is our season finale. <laughs> Yeah, that actually does that. I just, yeah, this is it. So we're going to go on a break probably for like two weeks. So you'll only miss like a week of us. Um, but we will see you in the other side. And then we'll be back. Exactly. So we'll we'll see you on the other side. The world after. What comes next. You know, university. Exactly. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for, you know, spreading the news, uh, the words to everybody else. Please continue to do so. Please see us review. And we hope for season two to actually have more interaction with you because we want to form this community. This is a community that we're building and we're doing one step at a time. So whenever you see us on either Instagram or Twitter post a question, that is that we want to hear from you because we're going to be using those answers on our podcast. Yeah. So thank you very much. We love you guys. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Bye.